0: Masker. Oh, it was a classic. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> well, this guy just goes around killing people. That's a lot of all-scaring movies. C-I-A-E-M-A! P-S-R-O-B-S! C-I-A-E-M-A! P-S-R-O-B-S! You have to know. You are better than all the famous
2: and old Psyons? Get the movies from the horror section Most of the violent movies are rated R And aren't supposed to be seen Unless you're 17 years old Others are made directly on videotape And bypass the rating system altogether
3: Welcome to the 363rd episode of Cinema Psyops. That represents 363 consecutive weeks that we've been doing this show, despite the pain, suffering, and horrible things that we go through to still make sure that we stay alive to be able to produce this show for you. One of the people getting stomped in the
1: nuts by his life is my co-host, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Life stomped on the
3: nutsack is just about right. <laughs> and I could have made just. that gender neutral, but you're a he-him, so saying that it's stomping I on am your a- nuts is totally
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. I do do as dead as fine as he-him. And he-him is getting his he-him nuts stomped into the fucking ground.
3: (laughs) Well, the way things are going out there, I think everyone is going to get the foot-to-genitals grinding treatment very shortly.
1: Yeah, I I don't think you're wrong at all. (sighs) Oh, Anywho, how's it going, everyone? Hope everyone's doing all right.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and remember, while this may be the hottest summer you've ever experienced, it's now the coolest summer of the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, right. It's the hottest summer of your life so far <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man i'm already trying to make plans i'm already trying to change some things around in my life and i've been job hunting i've been trying to uh, increase my income and i'm trying to do it in such a way as to be able to afford to move the fuck out of this godforsaken land and move further north because if it's just going to get hotter i'm going to move further and further north
1: <laughs> yeah i uh I, i've i've also, yeah, I had to take a second job, and uh, just because life and woo! I, I ended last night with uh, because of my primary job and big things I had to do, and then my second job between all of it last night uh, before I went to bed, I ended up with thirty five thousand steps.
3: Wow, you must be sore and tired as shit.
1: Yeah, I'm just dead i'm numb at this point there's no pain anymore i'm just
3: numb yeah i i got nothing on you um my step increase had uh, gone exponentially um i'm not much for walking around cuz i'm a coder i shouldn't have to yeah right <laughs> but uh my uh, step count whenever bev got injured uh doubled and tripled and i'm i'm at the point where they're like oh yeah you need to try and squeeze in like 10,000 steps a day and I was like surpassing that pretty easy and you're tripling it. So there we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I work my second job, which is about four nights a week, uh, I'm always coming home with at least 20,000 steps. So, and, uh, yeah, just last, uh, yesterday I also had a ton of projects I had to complete. So at my full time job, which caused me to walk around a lot. So yeah, shit just. It's just pain.
3: <laughs> On the plus side, you're going to become a new slimmer, at yeah. PsyOps. You're you're going to get. I've back already
1: to lost th- five pounds <laughs> doing all this. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't eat a lot anymore. Uh, I don't have time, and uh, yeah, just fuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Ooh. maybe it'll help out with your health, but then again, at the same time, you're doing warehouse right. work, so it's probably going to wreck your back and your knees at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, my whole entire body's just going to be wrecked i'm gonna lose weight but i'm also going to you know kill my body doing it
3: (laughs) you're gonna lose the will to live and make it to where you can't walk any steps later yeah 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 pretty much (laughs) (laughs) oh brother i'll tell you what man things are just not looking good for everybody including the folks in the movie tonight juan the final curse i said i was hoping they would continue on and they do uh whether or not i find pleasure in what they continue on with and what they did here i guess we'll find out when we actually do the review but this is the final juan film and i wanted to proposed this to you on the air so i kind of had you on the spot right um yeah i think before we actually do the review of kyoko versus sadako Or Sadako versus Kayoko. I forget which way they phrase it. Kayoko is now number one in my heart. I'm just going to fucking say that. All right. Kayoko beats out Sadako, huh? Yeah, for me, definitely. After watching these last two of the films, just the series in general, I find so much more joy in. I remembered it being that way, and I think I alluded to that when we started this exercise. And now that we're here at the end of both initial series before they're paired up, I can honestly say that, yeah, Kayoko's story or the Grudge series definitely. Wins out for me in the ring. Now, when the ring hits and hits hard, it is devastating. Absolutely. But there are way more misses in that series than hits. And that's true. The thing about the Juan series that works so well for me is it is consistently kicking you in the fucking teeth. It is stomping on your fucking genitals and telling you, you better fucking like this. Like, because yeah. it's brutal. And it doesn't let up, man. It just keeps building on what it establishes. I mean, the only. Yeah, it
1: really does. I mean, and even when it redoes, you know it's it's all right
3: yeah and okay so the reason that I'm mentioning this is because I think I want to do a comparison like we sort of did a list of you know what we thought we liked best and least of the ring series so I want to do the same with the Juan series but I want to wait until we get to Sadako versus Kaoko because that way we can just do this review focus on that and then we'll rank the movies as we go or basically just compare and contrast and I think we could almost go head to head for like what installment number we're under the franchise as to evidence as to why the one beats out the other for me, but I want to save that sure. for next week, you know, right? because that's the verses that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yes. Daco versus Kyoko. Right. So I just wanted to tease that a little bit, you know, just a little edging for the audience that that's what we're going to kind of do the next week. And it kind of gives us some pavlin to talk about other than about how miserable we currently are. And that way I don't yeah. have to complain about the horrible headache I have in the abscess tooth that I'm dealing with.
1: Oh, yeah. Gee, I've had that before, dude. I fucking yeah, dude, you're, you're going through your own sense of hell right now. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, long story short, too late, uh, at the worst of this like when it was like before I started getting the antibiotic treatment and before I was like doing anything about it um, I took a skills assessment test for a job interview that I was working on or like a like job candidacy that I'm working towards anybody that knows coding knows that you have like seven interviews sometimes before they actually like really decide on you or not like they really kind of string you along with some of these companies it just kind of depends well one of the things that they do is they have you do like a online skills assessment or a uh, a skills assessment of some sort that is very strict where you it's almost like whiteboard, but you have to type it into their like shitty IDW. uh I'm sorry, integrated development workspace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, you have to do it there. Well, I did this with this horrible throbbing pain in my jaw and my head from the infection from this abscess tooth. I, I took this test for one of these companies and I fucking aced it. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. I just found out yesterday that I did. Nice. Yeah. Where'd it go? Yeah. No, when I say I aced it, I mean I got past it. And I usually yeah. fucking tank on those because like uh, the, the, the way that I work is I'm so used to being in a certain environment for developing code. And if I'm not in that environment, my brain's kind of like, now, how do I do that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I I hate skills assessment tests. Yeah, because I can know how to do something, but I still fuck up.
3: Yeah, it's and for some, a lot of us, which is really weird, the skills assessment stuff, just to kind of pull back the curtain on the type of work that Matt and I both do. But like a lot of folks that get into these types of jobs, um, some of us have ADHD and we hyper fixate on it like that. And that's how we learn the stuff that we learn. That's why Matt's so good at what he does. He hyper fixated yeah. on the things that he could could do with his, his type of networking and computer Uh, maintenance and stuff like that. Uh, Uh I don't don't know specifically what you do, but I I know that's what you're used to (laughs) do.
1: It's it's pretty much what you just said. Yeah.
3: And then for me, for coding, um, I I basically weaponized my anxiety and my love of language, and that's how I became a coder. But Uh, when you give skills assessments, the skills assessments are geared towards normal thinking people, and that's not the kind of people that get attracted to the type of work that these skills assessments are designed for. So, so many of us have issues with them and have to really overcome them to be able to do them, and they're really, really weird. And some of them are really bad. Well, they'll just have you like, and and in the old days, you'd go up to a whiteboard in a job interview without any help, and you would try and write code off the top of your head and just basically have to have stuff memorized, because they wanted to right. see how you would approach it. It's, it's an act of fucking cruelty that some of these companies do. It really, really is.
1: They hate us. <laughs> right. Well, the, what it is is
3: they resent the, how much they have to pay people in this kind of IT setting. Yeah. They hate Companies
1: reasons. hate having to have IT. They hate that the fact that technology took over so much as it did and, and they hate that they have to pay people to do it because their favorite company's favorite thing to say is IT doesn't make money. It only costs us money. But too damn bad. You need it to do any sort of business anywhere in this planet.
3: And the reason that it costs you so much money is you treat the people who... Who do IT so badly, and yet you need them so desperately that the only way to keep them is to give them an exorbitant salary so that you can beat them up and treat them like shit. And that's what you yeah. suffer when you're in the IT world of any sort, whether you're a yes. coder or you're computer maintenance and networking uh, systems, that kind of thing. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. <laughs> and in Matt's Good case, time. he's still not getting paid enough to be able to make his ends meet in the IT sector. That's how yeah. fucked America is, by the way, everybody. And I was trying to avoid all this, but we jumped right back into it even though we were talking about <laughs> ju the Final Curse, which we should probably right? just yeah.
1: do. <laughs> uh, let's get on with our final curse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, and with that, we're going to play the special intro from our new owner and proprietor, Kevin. We'll have the Legion Patreon ad, and then right after that, Matt, not only did I find, once again, bands that I've already used, but it's all female lineup bands, and it's all stuff that fucking rocks. I went back to the well, and I picked out some of my favorite bands that we've already experienced for this episode to celebrate the final ju episode. And right after the Legion Patreon ad, we're going to have Destros with the song Prologue. Here we go. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations,
1: Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons in June, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon every other week or twice per month, and the winners can choose from the available Steam codes.
4: Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi
2: there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show.
3: i brought destros back on the show for this that was a fucking kick-ass song was it not
1: yeah that was awesome that was good <laughs> stuff
3: and people can still hear it playing underneath us on the pirate radio edit if you're not on the pirate radio edit you're just listening to the main feed and literally you're listening to some song that i have played probably four or five times already on this show because I'm really tired of trying to ask for more royalty-free stuff. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm just going back to the well on that as well. And it's not a disrespect for this movie in any way, shape, or form, although we'll really find out what I feel about it once Matt starts his review right now.
1: All right, do on the final curse. So, uh, we get a flashback to Yui and the last movie and everything that happened in it. Uh, then we see a man standing outside of the house. He's chaining a gate shut around it, putting a do not enter sign. And he says if he destroys the house... He can stop the curse.
3: I think that's the realtor guy that bought it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the the
1: realtor guy who lost his wife and sister-in-law.
3: I don't know if it's the same actor or not, because there's a lot of people that didn't really recognize. But that's who it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Well, then we cut to our first story. Mai. We see a young woman. Mai. She's sleeping, and she then sees Yui standing at the foot of her bed who turns out to be her younger sister. Uh, She follows her, and Yui, we see, is drawing a circle, the sphere thing. And then Mai sees Toshio's hand and his face. Uh, She says, who's the mother of that child? And Yui says that it's she is. And then all of a sudden Mai wakes up with her boyfriend in bed. Later on, Mai is, uh, she works at a hotel, uh, like a really nice one. And while delivering some food, uh, she gets a call from Yui, but she ignores it. Then she looks down at the soup she was delivering and she sees Toshio's face. Uh, later on, she gets a call from somebody, and, uh, they have not heard from Yui, so Yui has gone missing. Uh, then we cut to her boyfriend. He works at a train station. As he is kind of walking up and down the station, he goes to pick up some newspaper off the floor, and a hand grabs him, but then lets him go. He gets home that night, and she says she got a voicemail from Yui, Yui, who no one has seen. When she plays it, it's the death rattle. And that is the end of that first story.
3: It's important to note that for some reason, her hubby, Bo, whoever it is that she's living with there, her significant other, let's just phrase it that way. Yeah. He freaks the fuck out when he hears that death rattle, like he recognizes it or something.
1: Yeah, I think it's just uh, finally maybe somebody who's smart in a horror movie who goes, well, that's not a normal human sound. We should probably be worried about that.
3: Well, and the other thing is, is I'm wondering if maybe he recognizes the sound of someone trying to breathe through a crushed throat and. That's why it's freaking him out because we see what he
1: also did get grabbed when trying to throw away newspapers. So he could just be on edge from that. (laughs)
3: Right. A very interesting thing here where even before people come looking for what happened to their lost loved ones, this film changes it up just a little bit and says that your loved ones basically get used for the curse to come for you next. Like the spirits of people that they've, whoever the spirits of the people that have been taken by the curse, the curse now uses them. Like we suspected earlier in the series, the curse is now using them for sure to start coming after their loved ones. So it is now actively hunting people. This verse that started with Toshio is actively hunting people and is an intelligent spirit very much like Sadako. Yeah. And this is yeah, a I guess so. really cruel, cruel version of it too. This is probably the meanest one we've seen so far because it's tor- so. It's torturing people before they even know why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oof! Terrible.
3: (laughs) And we can move on. I just wanted to point that out.
1: Then the next story is Rio. Uh, Rio and her friends and her friend is they're walking home from school and they're talking about how her cousin. uh, They they keep calling her a a brother, but then she's like, "It's more like a cousin is coming to live with them." Um, Basically, the mom's
3: going to adopt the child as if he is her own and calling him son and brother, and they're just going to ignore the fact that he's a cousin.
1: Yeah, and then they talk more about like both. Both have suffered tragedy, from Ryo's father dying to her friend who she's walking with, sister, going missing. Uh, they uh, Then we see the mom picking up the boy, uh, and she brings him home. Uh, and we see a door closing, and you think you see something real quick? We'll get confirmation later that you definitely fucking saw something. Well, we cut back to Mai, and she gets Yui's belongings. And she starts going through the stuff, and it's a lot of her school stuff. And she sees a report about Toshio, and then she sees, like, some spirals being drawn. And then she sees Kayoko in the reflection in the glass of the table, and she hops away. Cut back to Ryo, and she's trying to bond... With the boy, but he's kind of just, he doesn't say a word. He just kind of, you know, he, he's very silent. That's so Toshio. That we don't know that yet. It
3: clearly is. It looks like him. Come on. We don't know that yet. <laughs> he has the same fucking bullshit haircut that Toshio does. You don't know shit. You don't haven't seen
1: anything. We- God damn it. We don't work in assumptions in this show. (laughs) We work with facts.
3: Why else wouldn't they show his face? That's Toshio. You're a son of a bitch. (laughs) Okay, we can move on. Anyway,
1: she uh, talks to her mom to find out that uh, the boy's mother has
3: died. Yeah, Toshio's mom. We saw that.
1: Damn it, we don't know if it's Toshio. It's a boy.
3: All right, I'll stop for now. Fine.
1: Later on, she goes to the parade to the altar of her deceased father, and we see black stuff starts coming out hair out of the ceiling, the walls. She turns, and it's uh, gone. She gets up and walks away, but the rice that is left at the dad's altar turns to mold, and that's the end of that story.
3: It's not just hair that comes out. At a certain point, you can actually see Kaoko's face.
1: Oh, do you? See, I missed that. I didn't see
3: that. It's real brief, and it's right before she turns, so it's just like a quick jump. And then that's when you see the rice that rots. Did you recognize the photo of her would-be father who died? Because it seems like he was someone that was in the last movie that was investigating something that was going on, too.
1: I did not recognize him, but I wouldn't doubt it.
3: I mean, it would make sense because somehow their family is linked to this tragedy, and we don't know yet. Even though it's obvious that it's Toshio that is their cousin.
1: No, because we don't know if it's Toshio.
3: They're not showing it, but come on, man! Like the movie's really driving home the point to me. It's
1: ma- it's a it's a boy. You're being a son of a bitch right now. Being <laughs> right. really mean. Okay, fine. You're we can... assuming things.
3: Okay, we can just move on then. I just wanted to point out that a boy who looks an awful lot like Toshio has now entered their life. His mother has apparently died. The father is nowhere to be seen. And we're not exactly sure how this auntie who's taking care of him is related to his family. Because they're they're being very, really, really vague about all of this. But it has something to do with the uncle. So the uncle who is not necessarily wanting the boy, although the uncle has apparently just disappeared, they don't even know. But the mother's definitely dead. We know the mother is dead.
1: Yeah, but uh, it looks like I'll take that. That's fine.
3: Yeah, it's it's enough to where you could draw an inference and begin your investigation about it.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. See now, looks like I'll take that all day long. I'm not. Uh, yeah. You just don't like want me to make, more of your shit. You just don't <laughs> want
3: me to do the declarative, definitive statement that it is in fact Toshio. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm just I'm just trying to get everyone on the same page. We want this.
3: <laughs> well, the the film is doing this clearly to build up suspense and to make you be like you as the viewer is like, oh, fuck, that is, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. But they just don't want you to just fully believe that it is because then it spoils the surprise and it kind of ruins the fun of the movie yeah
1: right we can move Uh, on now all right jesus christ uh the next story is enna a young girl's in a hospital her name's enna and she looks out the window into Rhea's house she sees Ria, like people walking around she's using her cell phone to record and she sees ghost toshio walking around ghost toshio then we cut to uh mai is serving a couple for of the wife's birthday in a hotel room. And as they're singing Happy Birthday and she's walking away, everything goes silent. She turns around and she sees Yui. And as she tries to talk to her, the room goes normal again with the couple there singing and she leaves very quickly. Later on, her boyfriend gets home and sees her staring at this book. And she's just kind of staring at it and he tells her to go ahead and take a shower. He starts reading it's Keoko's diary and for some reason it really bothers him because all she you know it goes into all that crazy uh, she's just wanting a baby in inside of her.
3: They change it in this movie. I don't know if it, the interpretation of it is different than uh, it might just be because the subtitles in this one that this version that we got was a uh, direct uh, translation. Um, the last movie had different subtitles that were more um, anglicized and made more sense of the translation translations uh so in that one it said child 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 for those translations that we saw this one she keeps saying children 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 which makes sense in the last movie the house was huge she would want a huge house if she wants lots of kids so she could fit them all in there yeah yeah right so right. yeah I, i'm just gonna say that it's probably subtitle trouble in in that case where they switched it on us I'm, I'm not 100 sure but either way she wanted at least a child so bad but in this one it turns out she wanted children laurel yeah well, either way, she wanted a
1: child. Oh, definitely, she wanted something.
3: Yeah, she wanted a child bad enough to allow the spirit of an abused and neglected child that starved to death to enter her body and reincarnate.
1: Yeah, it seems, uh, you know, it it seems crazy when you say it out loud like that. Um, <laughs>
3: that's because it is, Matt.
1: So, uh, so anyway, I'm not judging uh, her.
3: I understand, like you know, but still, that's kind of kind of insane. <laughs> and did she allow this child into
1: her? Because remember, it looked like she was sleeping when with, with Toshio got to her
3: we'll find out whether or not she was willing to have this happen later on in this film so i don't want to answer that
1: oh we do because i missed that part then good you can catch me up oh cool well we see Maya in the shower and we get the hand in the hair gig that you know Kate has become somewhat famous with the grudge especially in the united states and she uh, freaks out
3: that was hilarious because i was like lamenting how we didn't get it this time around but it's because kyoko wasn't really developed into the movie until later on so we didn't get those moments that we get here yeah right while i was watching the movie and then they did the hair bit i was like oh see i was complaining last time that we didn't get it and now they answered it by doing it here
1: yeah right that's nice of them yeah
3: i appreciate that
1: (laughs) to rio trying to sleep uh a closet door keeps opening and then all of a sudden she sees Kyoko crawling out of it and she hides looks but then gone And that's the end of that story. So things are starting to ramp up a little bit.
3: So do you think because the human version of Toshio is what you're saying is suspected and what I'm saying is definitely been brought into their house, that the spirit of Kayoko is latched on to him and basically getting revenge on this family for taking him? Is that what they're kind of setting up here, do you think?
1: I think so. Yeah.
3: That's what I kind of was wondering if they were setting up as well. Her spirit clearly would be very angry about her child being taken from her or not being around for her. Um, But also considering what happened to her and what she gave up for this child, it could just be that that's her vengeance anyway for anyone that makes a sacrifice to take care of the child. She comes for them, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could just be a way to transfer all the shit. So,
3: (laughs) yeah. And I mean, we've already established that even the human version of Toshio when he shows up places affects the environment and nasty things happen. And it's still the curse is still working on people. He's still driving people crazy. He's still ruining lives. So when you're saying that you're just suspecting or we're supposed to be suspecting and I'm saying he definitely is Toshio, that's pretty much what's going on. The mother's getting purchased because the avatar version of him is here.
1: Yeah yeah so however he rolls with all that shit which we find out more later
3: yeah the supernatural shit is real heavy on this one it's not just yeah. like ghosts and hauntings it's reincarnations it's uh, bodily possessions and just all sorts of shit going on in this one man yeah
1: they they really rolled the dice for the final curse here
3: <laughs> yeah they amped it up hardcore some of it works for yeah. me and some of it doesn't
1: yeah right i'm just like this one was a harder one to note too i missed a lot more I oh yeah
3: it's all over the place too dude i backed yeah. it up like four or five times i i I pretty much watched this thing twice to try and understand what was going on
1: yeah yeah i was just like what the fuck it's dense it really is it really is uh so then okay so we start the next story madoka Rio and her friends, Madoka and Midori, they're having lunch, and Rio invites them over for a sleepover that night. Rio's mom uh, is at home and finds that all her veggies have gone bad.
3: Not just gone bad, but like mysteriously rotten in the fridge's yeah. crisper. Like, yeah, right? Like they've been left out and abandoned with the fridge bin shut off for a month, rotten.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so she's going to work, and she tells the boy in his room that she's leaving, and as she's telling him through the door, we see someone walking down the hallway. It looks like Ghost Toshio, but she just shrugs it off and leaves. That night, everyone's over, and Reo, as she's going upstairs, she goes to check on the boy, and she sees him in almost like a catatonic state, but then we see Ghost Toshio, and she rushes away. And goes to her to her room uh, with her friends there. Madako decides to go get some food, and Midori stays behind in the room and Rio uh uh and she's like hey we should let's meet Toshio and so Rio agrees to go get Toshio and while Midori's in the room alone strange things happen a picture falls she goes to pick it up and it's of her and Rio as their friends and uh their faces are all just death they and they she, look
3: like they're painted up like Toshio and Kaoko yeah. are
1: yeah and they are just she freaks out um and then, we, uh, Rio brings in the boy, and yes, it is Toshio they introduce him his name is Toshio and he speaks for the first time he says hello and then good night, and that's the end of that story.
3: So now we know it's definitely Toshio this is his avatar version that's living there and that explains everything that's going on with Kayoko haunting them Uh, uh, now the friends are marked from something different but I think the film pretty much implies that them being here in Toshio's presence the avatar when he lays eyes on people like or is around people this avatar version of Toshio it seems like he is actively killing the people that he meets like because of what happened in the previous film somehow the avatar version the body survived the husband didn't actually kill him
1: yeah, that's what it seemed like, yeah.
3: um, And they kind of retcon that a little bit, and it kind well, of bugs me.
1: You're you're gonna see kind of what happens here in a second.
3: Right, you do see, but what I'm saying is they retcon it compared to what they yeah, showed where, us in the last Yeah, where the husband film.
1: didn't kill Toshio. Yeah, they yeah. do
3: retcon that, and you kind of have to get over that, because if you don't, it's gonna spoil everything else that's happening in the movie. I feel like they should have just done the thing where Ryu was forced to become his mother, and he wasn't really like reborn, reborn through her. He just came out full-size, and that's what actually what killed her yeah they should have done something along those lines instead of what they did this time around but i'm okay with it i'll let it go because if i don't i'm not going to enjoy the rest of the movie (laughs) yeah yeah
1: you almost kind of have to let all this shit go right
3: (laughs) it's just one of the things where i'm like really movie that's kind of a stretch but then i was like you know what you did such a good job in the last film i'm gonna go with you let's see what you do
1: yeah right all right let's 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 be nice to him
3: yeah i'm giving him a chance and we can move on
1: all right the next story is toshio and we see a flashback to Tayoko, He throws the cat in the microwave, turns it on. Then he's going to go kill Toshio. But then we see Toshio leaves his body and becomes Ghost Toshio. So that's why we saw him in the cataconic state earlier. His soul can leave his body. Uh, when he did that, like, the dad's head looked like it was going to be scanners and it was going to explode. But we quickly cut away to the aunt then picking him up and taking her to the house. And this is where I say we did see something because when the door closes, when the aunt leaves the room... We see Kayoko standing with Toshio.
3: Yeah, she entered the house with the avatar version of Toshio. And I really like what they did here, where they established things from her perspective where she doesn't know what's going on. And then the things that we suspect when we're looking at the kid, we're like, that's not right, that's not right. And we're like, something's going to happen here, something's going to happen here. They reshow it where we can see it from the perspective of, oh, yeah, Toshio brought Kayoko with him. The curse is living in him and anywhere he goes. He is the anchor point for this curse. It's not a house anymore. It's his physical body that he created. And you can either get over that and enjoy what they're trying to do with this ride, or you're going to have to bail from here because that's what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, we cut to Rio is looking for the house Toshio came from. When she comes up to where it should be, it's an empty plot. The dude shows up who lost his wife and sister-in-law, the realtor, and says he has torn it down and not, will never permit anything to be built in that land again. She kind of freaks and says, in I don't know if it's a problem with the translation, but she says Toshio is missing. And that she knew that was his last known place where he lived. So I don't know what any of that was.
3: Yeah, I think what they were getting at is this film is retconning here for sure, where it's basically yeah. the father kills the mother and then disappears. they find the mother's body like we, we normally do in the house. But other people have died even before that happened. That was the last straw for the realtor. He tears down the house. And so the physical version of Toshio, whether it was reborn somehow through Ryu or just survived by killing the father before he got a chance to kill him. Toshio now is with his aunt, which is the sister of the f- would-be father who's not really his father. You know what I'm saying? yeah and that guy is dead and disappeared like all the other people in the curse that happens but the physical version of toshio basically was able to leave the house because he's a physical version and apparently he can slip in and out of the body whenever he chooses to enact his version of the ghost curse
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the curse left the house where it was because now toshio got to be born and so now it just goes wherever he goes
3: right because he's, he is the curse right because he, he's that physical presence and there's no yeah. stopping that basically yeah
1: yeah, yeah, the curse got to leave because there's a physical presence going around.
3: And so now it's going to be in this new house with the aunt and the uh, cousin sister.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, now it's there.
3: Yeah, and so the people that entered that house, like her friends and everything, and the aunt and the uh, daughter who are living there, and then there's no husband for them, right? Because they lost, that's who their mourning is, her father.
1: Yeah, her father, yeah, that's the adult are there, so
3: yeah. And who her father may have actually been somehow taken by the curse in the previous house.
1: Could have been possibly we don't know that though
3: yeah because i mean he could have gone into the house to check on the brother to find out what was happening and then just disappeared yeah because yeah i guess but because it's all around it's around the same time that this tragedy has occurred because that shrine that they have up he's still a very much young man that looks like a age appropriate for how old the wife currently is or the, the widow is right now and for the age of the daughter so i'm thinking that the murder happened with uh, kayoko the police found out about it and you know like the, the investigation and all that. That was starting to happen for the house. And the brother probably went over there to maybe act some stuff up or who even knows. And then that's how he ended up disappearing. The film doesn't tell you that directly, but they're heavily implying it that the father's already been taken by the curse is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess what I'm saying, because we get so bogged down in this, is that the curse got to leave the house because Toshia was born into human form. Now, wherever goes Toshia goes and whoever he comes in contact with, they they get the curse. He kills them.
3: Yeah, including the hospital, because I think he was actually at the hospital ward that was across the street, too.
1: It possibly could have been, yeah.
3: Because it's a, there's a child's ward there, so part of it would probably be they would check up on him, and then there would probably be some social services stuff to where he would be housed there temporarily and it doesn't seem like they have to go very far before he's home
1: yeah it does not uh, appear that way no
3: and i mean that the geography is convenient and everything but it just kind of makes sense in the way that the film's trying to go. And again, this is all stuff that it doesn't really show you. It's just laying this stuff out and implying. And you have to kind of put it together in your head because it's, again, it's anachronistic. It jumps around in time for all of these little tales. And we can move on. I'm stopping. I just...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're getting really bogged down now. (laughs) Well, there's, like I said, the
3: film's really fucking dense, but it doesn't really bother, like, explaining any of the stuff that it's showing you. It's just showing a bunch of visual stuff and you have to either put it together in your head or just be bored.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. So then we see Enya is once again in her hospital room. She's looking into the house there. She sees Toshio just kind of the body being catatonic. And as she looks through her phone, she sees Toshio just standing there staring at her. She goes to hide in her bed, but then sees Toshio's outline in the curtain. We also can hear him humming. Mai's boyfriend then is walking. He's closing up the train area. He finds a woman standing in the station and he's going to help lead her out. We see that woman is the human form of kayoko
3: oh yeah totally kayoko
1: and yeah and as she's walking behind him she starts talking about wanting a baby wanting a baby and he freaks out turns and she's gone and that's the end of that story
3: again it's all children 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 and I, children children she yeah. transforms as walking as she's walking behind him and the obsession of the i want children i want children becomes more and more strong as she says those words and becomes more frequent and that shit was actually the freakiest part of the movie.
1: Yeah, right. It was like, holy shit. What the fuck was that? Oh,
3: uh, so far. Freakiest part of the movie so far.
1: So far. All right. The next story is Midori. Later on, it's at lunch at school and the girls are talking about Toshio and how he's a little weird. And, uh, Madoka wants to start searching for more information about Toshio on the web, but Midori says, no, nah, don't look into this anymore. She's freaked enough and she walks away. Uh, mainly because Midori is the one who had the weird experience in the house. Where Madoka just thinks Toshi is a dwarf. Well, that night, Midori is singing karaoke, which is something she loves doing. And in Japan, they have private rooms where you sing karaoke.
3: They have that here, too, depending upon the karaoke bar. There's actually a karaoke bar in Omaha that's like that.
1: Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as she gets done singing a song, she looks through her own little journal and finds a picture of her and her sister who has gone missing. Uh, Just then, the lights flicker. The screen goes weird. She calls for help. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll be right there to check it out. Uh, more things start happening, and then she sees her sister. She runs up to her. Sister disappears. All of a sudden, we see, uh, Ghost Boy Toshio. But then sister returns. She's very happy to see her sister. Sister grabs her by the face. And she's like, what are you doing? And then the lady we see from the outside, she looks inside the room, sees, uh, Midori just standing there alone. But then all of a sudden, her body launches up into the air. Her head impales into the wall, killing her. Uh, b- by Midori. That was pretty later. fucking
3: creepy, too.
1: Yeah, especially because the sister just started laughing, and you're like, "Ooh,
3: man, that's weird." Do we recognize the sister from something? Like, should was she one of the people that disappeared in the last movie? I feel like she was supposed to be. It seems like I don't think so. I, it seems like all the victims from the previous movie—they're coming for their own family members now—is what I was getting at.
1: Maybe uh, I'm not sure though. Uh, Again, we may be looking too much into it. It's possible, but I don't recognize her.
3: But what this movie is definitely inferring is that that person was a victim of the curse, and now that person's spirit is passing the curse on to her.
1: Or at least... No, that's not how I viewed it. I viewed it as Toshio just... Uh, torturing her
3: well he's using the skin because he's definitely we definitely know that he will climb into the appearance of someone else to torture them before yeah. he kills them absolutely but or or peyoko will as well but what I'm getting at is I think that that person who disappeared they're implying that they were also a victim of Toshio and the curse at some point somehow
1: it's possible. I, I didn't quite get that. I just got that her sister was missing. Now that it would be quite a con- coincidence for all these people to have all this, you know, all these problems in their lives. But I mean, well, they get this, but
3: they do this thing in all the previous versions of the movies or the storyline where the curse spreads out and then it passes on from you know, like your spirit to spirit. You know, we, we already talked yeah. about that. And it doesn't seem like Toshio would just use a dead spirit that he had no access to previously. I don't think that at least that his power powers extend that way. You know what I mean. It's not like Freddy Krueger where he'll just impersonate somebody just to torture you. I don't think yeah. it's like that. I mean,
1: possibly, but I don't. I didn't recognize the uh, the sister either. So yeah.
3: Well, I'm just saying that that's probably what's going on. I just didn't recognize them enough to be able to say 100% definitively. I'm just making assumptions here based on previous evidence that I've just displayed and talked about. So, and we're done. I'm, I'm done here. We can move on.
1: <laughs> I'm done here. <laughs> Weaving.
3: Because <laughs> uh, you're right, we're making this far too fucking dense.
1: <laughs> uh, you're making me think thoughts, and I don't want to have to do that. Nobody
3: makes me think my own thoughts.
1: That's right. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Madoka. She's at a restaurant eating, and she finds some information on Toshio, and she sends it to Rio. Now, as Rio reads this information Madoka has sent to her, we see Madoka's getting ready to eat some dark noodles, and then it turns into hair. We see an eyeball in there. None of this is stuff Madoko sees, or else she would have flipped. It's just stuff we see. And with the eyeball and the... And the noodles was pretty cool
3: yeah that shit was actually really creepy and the time when they bring out that black linguine with the sauce to feed to her yeah. the minute i saw that plate i'm like that's turning into hair that is so yeah, right. turning into fucking hair. I,
1: I, that's the same thing i thought i'm like that's so that's so turning into hair and her first for- uh,
3: forkful is like that gross fresh from the drain style hair that we saw all over the room i know Oh. oh,
1: man. <laughs> Just. And I was, no like, I was like, please
3: you. don't make me see this actress put a bunch of hair in her mouth without realizing. I know, it. right?
1: Please. Please don't do this. <laughs> Thankfully,
3: they went for the eyeball gag instead, which was so much better and so creepy.
1: Yeah, right. So then, I uh, do And again, all this is mixed in with Rio reading about. Uh, uh, Toshio and his father. Uh, and it, it, We don't really need to go into that. She just reads about it. It's kind of all the stuff we knew.
3: Yeah, it's basically set up to establish just how freaked out she's getting and how she realized how doomed her family is at this point and her friends. And they're just yeah. building the tension and they're trying to build the tension of this one friend that's about to be taken at the same time. But it's all information we already have and we've actually kind of seen how Toshio survived earlier in the film. So we don't need to rehash it.
1: Yeah, so then... She hears a meow coming from underneath the table. She looks under there, and she sees a cat. So she gets up, she goes, what the hell? And she decides to go looking. like, she gets up, goes to the other side of the table where the cat was, looks underneath there, sees ghost Toshio. This freaks her out. She screams about it. She's like, oh my God, what is this? And then her skin starts turning black.
3: Oh, before she, that, she jumps back and in her fright, she realizes yeah. that the entire restaurant is empty. She says yes, like, hello, the, and looks around. And, yeah. and basically what happened was the curse snatched her right there. And we see what happens when you're the victim of the curse before it fully kills you, kills you. You yeah. end up in an alternate like world where the spirits live or like a spirit world, kind of like a Silent Hill version of the restaurant that she's in. And then her skin starts turning black.
1: Yeah. And then we cut to a waiter going to check on her and we see she has cooked alive.
3: That so, was horrific.
1: Yeah, that is just bad. Well,
3: she looks under the she hears the cat meow and when she looks under the table, I think she actually was going to go to the side to where she could reach under and take the cat cuz she's like, "You don't belong in here. What are you doing in here?" And they right? the, the spirits used the fact that she was going to be kind to a gentle and loving cat to take her. Yeah,
1: yeah. And It's just like, oh man.
3: And as a cat lover myself, I find that appalling.
1: Appalling! They used her love of cats.
3: <laughs> I'm sitting here like John Coffee, crying, going, "They used
1: her love of cats." Yeah, love of cats, boss. They used her love of cats. <laughs> love of cats. <laughs> God damn it! Um, then we cut back to uh, Rayo and. And she as she finishes reading, she kind of gets attacked by the Kayako ghost. Um she runs and her mom finds her and Kaoko's right there, creepy as fuck. They barricade themselves into another room, and then the mom decides that they're gonna have to fight this thing if they wanna live. Kaoka they get to a kitchen, the mom arms herself with a knife, but however, Kokos right behind her, drags her to the ground, mom dies reo decides to grab the knife she's gonna go kill toshio she says yo please don't blame me for this but we have to end it but before she can keo goes right behind her and bends her backwards breaking her back killing her that and that's wh- the end of that story that was and that horrific was her- i think mom just had a heart attack and died too because she, she i mean keo didn't do anything other than show up behind her i think mom literally got scared to death
3: yeah i think that's pretty much how they took her probably yes yeah but the bending backwards thing that was fucking Oof. brutal i don't know and how the they,
1: noises were brutal yeah god damn
3: i don't know how they did that but it was really really well executed there's some ropey cg in this and there's a few things that are a bit kind of like how we got in the ring series where i'm like oh my god the fucking hair again you know where yeah right where the black spot would develop and then the hair would come out of it some of the, or we'll see even later on some other deaths where kyoko comes for people where it's like that's a bit fucking ridiculous but this death man was fucking brutal yeah
1: I mean, it was bad. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, bad isn't good,
3: but still. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. And I uh, like I know that they use camera tricks and everything like that, but it was done so well that like I couldn't figure it out just watching it the one time. Like, you know, I'd I'd probably have to go back and go frame by frame to see where they make the change and, you know, how they switch from um, the girl there being pulled backwards to the what looks like a, a model or not model, but a replica of her body or a dummy of her body that like has that breaking folding. Because they, the actual girl's face is there when she bends backwards, when they do the cut again, when she's backwards yeah. and she reacts to it and makes some motions and some and some things like that. But like her legs are still in the front, you know, so they, they had to use some kind of camera trickery, but so well done and so fucking brutal.
1: Fun note on this. By this point, I actually had to go back for 30 minutes uh, because I had missed where the Toshio story started. So I was like, God, I was all mixed up on stories. Because when I was probably doing notes, when they showed Toshio, is when the screen cut to say Toshio story, and then it went into that, so... I had all that merged into that one girl story. And I'm like, God, this is a lot for one person's story on this. Well,
3: and it doesn't help too, that our uh, direct translated subtitles didn't name some of the chapters as well. And I had to send those to you separately. So I'm glad you went back yeah. and
1: fixed it. Yeah. So, but that was a fun time. Uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This section of the film, um, these like the, the story before Toshio and the Toshio story, this is some of the best stuff in the movie. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, bringing you into a new world with these characters that, uh, felt like, 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 it took a really long time, and they were just implying with some general creepy stuff just to keep your attention. And it just felt like standard horror movie stuff that is sort of beneath the Juwan franchise for me, you know? Yeah. It wasn't until we got to here that it really started feeling like a proper Juwan film to me.
1: Yeah. So, now we start with the story of Sota. Sota is Maya's boyfriend. Uh, and he visits Ryo's house. And as he's on the outside, he sees Anna looking in from the window of the hospital building. He visits her, and when trying to talk to her, she won't speak. He touches her, and he gets a flashback, where I guess she has psychic abilities. And he sees her talking to Toshio, who's holding his cat. Um, It's ghost Toshio. And as they talk back and forth, she exclaims that she will play with it when she's dead. So apparently she's accepting the fact she's going to die.
3: Well, she actually is in a children's ward in a hospital, and I believe that whatever she has is terminal. And she tells him that. She says something about how she has a few months to live, and she basically offers, like, hey, once I'm gone, I will totally play with your cat, you know, when I'm a spirit as well. She's not afraid of the spirit because she knows she's about to die anyway.
1: Yeah, so, uh, and he then snaps to... And he's like, well, holy shit. So he goes to the house as he uh, looks through. He finds Toshio in his caniconic state. He wakes him up and it breaks and his eyes go like almost cat color for a minute and then normal. And Toshio starts choking the living piss out of him. And it looks like he's about ready to die. But then we cut to the hotel that Mai works at and she sees Sota start walking up the stairs. Then we cut back to Sota getting back to his home, freaked out. We see flashbacks that he started choking Toshio back, appearing to kill him. Uh, he still has like red marks over his own neck. Oh, there's he blood there out. too.
3: Like it looks like yeah. Toshio got some claws in that little bastard.
1: Yeah. He freaks out. He grabs the uh, uh, Kaoko's journal and begins to burn it over a stove. Then we cut right back to my follow soda to an elevator as it opens. There's tons of Toshio's in there screaming at her. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs>
3: uh, multiple Toshio's like that. I get what they're trying to say. It's like the multiple Kayoko's where the curse is spreading yeah. and there's multiple versions of him everywhere now. That's cool, but like an elevator full of screaming Toshio's in their underwear, not that fucking cool.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just like uh, uh, all right, man. We can, we probably don't need this in our lives.
3: <laughs> it does not have the effect you think it did.
1: Yeah. Right uh soda then snaps too he wakes up and we see he did not burn the journal uh, he's been in a trance during the circle he starts hearing noises, and then Kayoko comes through the mail slot and crawls after him cut to mai she gets home and she finds soda's body very dead then we cut to we see it's the next morning and we hear mai just talking about reincarnation and that's the end of that story before we go into our final story.
3: All right. So we see him try to burn the book and several times he's tried to throw the book away, but his, uh, would be lover Maya is still finding the book and reading the book and tr- like tracing spirals. Yeah, on the book That's and something like I that.
1: definitely missed. I know I missed something where he finds her staring at the book and, and doing the circle that he was just found and he said they need to throw it away and he was really freaked by it
3: well he actually throws it away he, he finds her reading the book at one point and just throws it away when she goes away because she was up all night looking at it when he gets home from his duty and I think that was after the newspaper no not after the newspaper grabbed him but after uh, he has the run in with Kayoko is when he read the book and then threw it away right that's right and yeah. then uh, she's got the book later on and after he threw it away and like literally threw it away because he think he took the trash out too. Um, the book is back and she's tracing her finger and then he tries to throw it away. And at some point, he ends up reading the book even more. And that's when we hear that Kayoko is actually talking and begging God to uh, bring the bring her, give her a child or whatever. And like she has all these like spirit, you know, those, uh, those uh, paper tags that are like have prayers on yeah. them and stuff. They're all glued um. there. And I think they're prayers to God to give her a child. And she, there's actually a moment in there when... And she actually wrote something about knowing that there is a spirit in her house of the dead child and that she will even take that spirit into her body to become her child. Like she voluntarily wants that. And she's actually begging some type of a God or praying some to some type of a God for that as well. I mean, that stuff is all mixed into the story with this. So that's where the real density of that goes.
1: That's yeah. I missed that part.
3: Well, it's all done in subtitle and I wanted to back up and make sure because I was pretty sure that that was something that you might not be able to catch because they're coming at you hard and fast with those subtitles during that part when he's reading the book. And the atmosphere and the stuff is creepy enough that you don't really have to pay attention to it, but it's actually important to the story and how dense they try to get with it. Um, yeah. And that's the true Ju-on stuff anyway, which I think would probably up your enjoyment more had we had better subtitles for this file.
1: Possibly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
3: But uh, so once he gets back to his uh, home and he tries to burn the book, like actually burn the book, that's at the point when he knows like the book has basically tainted him as well. And that's, you know, with the whole strangling the body of Toshio and all of that. He tries to burn the book to try and end it because he thinks that'll take care of it, too. But as we know, the curse doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, right. This, that's just never how it goes.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I think I got us all up to speed. I mean, it's going to be hard for a lot of folks to be able to find this. I don't even know if it's available here in the States or not. It may or it may not be. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to give that little piece of backstory that we kind of not necessarily glossed over, but we just weren't there because there's so much other shit going on.
1: There is. There's so much happening. Even though we've gone through this review quickly, there's a ton of visual shit and a ton of dialogue.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's really packed, dense for an hour and a half film. Like this is like this is like about two hours, two and a half hours worth of story shoved into an hour and a half film. And it's just bursting at the seams. (laughs) It really is. Um, The reason I wanted to point it out, though, is because specifically we now know in this film that Kayoko was aware that their house was cursed, was aware that it was a little boy that was there that was part of that curse and was willing to take that little boy's spirit and give him a vessel to reincarnate in, in her body. Just because she wanted a child so bad that she was that desperate. And I'm thinking, like, lady, couldn't you have had your husband, like, jizz in a cup and just gone the capping route, like, with a doctor?
1: Yeah right. I mean, there's probably safer ways to do this. Yeah,
3: I mean, if he's like away on business all the time, you can get a bunch of samples and then actually just you know like really work to get the pregnancy to happen.
1: Yeah right. It's like let's just uh, let's just all settle down here. Huh? Come on, <laughs> we're going. Everyone's going a little crazy right now. <laughs>
3: there's a method that they've developed in the '60s that I saw in Masters of Sex that probably would have solved Kayoko's problem altogether.
1: Well, wow, that's a whole different show. Uh,
3: <laughs> well, it starts off with trying to help people conceive that are having problems being able to conceive with this special technique, uh, all yeah. right? And they the husband doesn't even need to be in the room. A doctor just applies a cap full over the tr- proper area to have the sperm get to where it needs to go. And they just basically bypass all of that and insert the cap, you know, right where it needs to be so that the it increases the chances of pregnancy. And if Kayoko would have just like, you know, done that procedure a few times, she probably could have solved her problem with having kids.
1: Yeah, and but no, got to go with the ghost route.
3: Right, right. I mean, obviously supernatural is the quickest and easiest way to get yourself a kid and cause a curse to expand all over your nation and possibly the world just because you're so desperate to have a child. It's the obsession yeah. factor that is driving the curse in all of these films.
1: Motherfucker, I tell you. Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can move on up, good.
1: <laughs> all right, Kaoko, Maya then heads over to Rio's house and as she looks through she finds the silhouettes of rio and her mom just creepy as fuck
3: standing there
0: she has they're clearly pictures. dead
3: right you can tell they're yeah, dead
1: you're good, clearly dead but you don't get to see the faces yet which just creeps you out constantly matt
3: and i have seen enough italian zombie movies to know that their silhouettes are fucking rotten
1: <laughs> yeah those kids are fucking dead right? <laughs> we all know that yeah
3: they're clearly dead they're most sincerely dead
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that if you see that in any sort of a way guess what Congratulations. You're in a horror movie. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Actually, if you see it, it's too fucking late to get the fuck out of there. You're just dead.
3: Yeah, it doesn't matter how fast you run like Josh Hawley. You're not getting out of there in time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could be as fast as Josh Hawley after fist pumping a fucking insurrectionist crowd. crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it, and you still can't get away. Um, uh so then she asks to if Toshia is home, and they're like, he's always home. He's home, and then enna comes out from between them and then the two women come into the light and they look dead and they start laughing she falls looks up and she sees toshio standing there in like hospital garb but then she blinks and it's enna again and then we see uh uh, toshio comes out of enna the ghost of toshio and we see he's he possessed her body. Just then, Kayoko shows up and crawls after Maya. And she falls at the front door. And as she she's walking, the death rattle stops. She looks down, and it's Yui holding her. Holding under her leg. And she tells her that it's so painful. And she's so painful. And then she says... She starts laughing. And then she says, Juan will never stop. It can never be stopped. It will always... Be reincarnated and Juon will not end. Then Hair overcomes Yui, it becomes Kayoko again. We see Toshio sitting on a counter. Maya just repeats, Help me, over and over again. Cut back to Kayoko, see her face. Her mouth has been cut so her jaw can open up even more. She screams, Roll credits.
3: That last little bit with Kaoko's fucking mouth just popping open yeah. wide like that. That was really gruesome and horrific and it looked like the jaw rip drawing that we saw earlier.
1: Yeah, right. It was really good.
3: Yeah. I don't know 100% why they made that choice other than visually it was really striking. The hair enveloping Maya and then turning into Kayoko, like the first start of that looked really lame and it was bad CG, but then they cut away to uh, Ryo screaming and then cut back to the hair enveloping and then uh, Kayoko's face comes out of it. And that was yeah. really effective, you know? Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. Like I said, there's some parts of this that uh, film that are a bit of a downer uh, as far as As you know closing out your series they're not quite up to par with some of the stuff that we've already seen but that's not necessarily saying that this is a bad movie it's still entertaining it's still got some really horrific stuff it still kept my attention through most of it absolutely Uh, it's super dense there's so much story they're trying to pack into what they're doing here too
1: for one of the first times i would not have minded if they would added at least 15 to 30 minutes onto this movie so that all the story they packed into that hour 30 maybe you won't miss, especially because of all the subtitles. It might have made it a little bit easier to follow if you gave it more time.
3: Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree there, um, but that's not usually a complaint that we ever have about a film.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. I hardly ever have that complaint, yeah. but uh, and I th- Jesus.
3: I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's a really weird place to be where you actually need a little bit more running time to be able to get all the stuff in that you're trying to get in. That, that It's just kind of, that's the weirdest part about this film. So it's not a disappointment, and I think if you can get your hands on it and you can see it it's worth a watch absolutely Um, these last two films are still significantly better than White Ghost and Black Ghost
1: but, oh way better than White Ghost and Black
3: Ghost but even those that that missed didn't even miss that hard I mean there are some major fucking failures in the Ring series that we'll talk about next week Um, that really brought it down for a lot of those films for me but there's really like I mean my biggest complaint about any one of these Juwan films that we have covered thus far have been well it was mildly disappointing compared to how great the other other ones were. And that, yeah, right. that's a faint praise to damn someone with if I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that your really pretty decently made film is just a mildly disappointing compared to this juggernaut of a franchise that was four films before it.
1: Yeah, right. It was just amazing.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sorry that your sequel to your reboot quill, which was super impressive to me, is mildly disappointing because you tried to pack too much in and I felt like it should have had a longer running time or been split into two one hour long movies as well yeah (laughs) you know like it just it just feels weird to be complaining like i I feel like we're just being fucking the the film twitter assholes
1: you know what i mean that's how i feel too sometimes with our complaints on
3: this because like it's just like it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's still a pretty entertaining film and i mean if we're going like out of five stars it's still at like a three or four for entertainment value at least for me yeah, you know, yeah. it's just that all—it's oh, yeah. just that the first four Juwan films, the Curse, the Curse Two, the Grudge, and the Grudge Two, those are all five-star films for me. They're all super effective.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're the Ju-on, uh Yeah, those are all very super effective, really immersive. It really gets you creeped out. Yeah. That's that all gets you real. Y- you get there,
3: yeah. And then the black <laughs> ghost and the white ghost film that's probably like a two and a half to a three. Like, it's like it's a movie, it's worth your time, is all I would say. Like, you won't, yeah, you won't, you won't be bored while you're watching it. You won't fucking hate it, but like at the same time, if you're gonna spend the two hours to watch both of those movies, just go back to the first two curse films and you're gonna have a much more like horrifying time. You know what I mean? It's gonna terrify yeah. you even more, you know. And the reboot for the beginning of the end, I mean, Jesus, that was that was how you do a reboot we talked about it we sung its praises and i'm still really enjoying it that one's a five star or four meets as well like that's what i want when i'm looking for a juan film and all the changes that they made i'm cool with and i think they just kind of dropped the ball because they tried to rush this one too much
1: i think so i think they wanted to get this one out and i think they had a great idea for a story but it just uh it wasn't working out
3: yeah and you know that happens in sequels how many number two sequels are such a fucking letdown compared to their their counterpart you know like you can't all be Friday the 13th part 2 where it's actually better you can't all be Hellraiser 2 where it's actually way more intense and way cooler you can't yeah
1: no you can't exactly you
3: can't always be that sometimes you're like prom night 2 where it has nothing to do with the sequel (laughs) as a sequel at all but still you kind of love it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) because I'm not going to disparage Mary Lou (laughs) you know
1: hey nothing nothing could be Friday the 13th 3D all
3: right uh, silent madness actually was Friday the 13th 3d pretty fucking well if I do say so myself <laughs> <laughs> and actually did it better <laughs> oh, Jesus we're reviewing films that we already reviewed just to not talk about this movie anymore um, I you know what as far as closing out the franchise it's still a little bit of a letdown but this is still a much more solid franchise than the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre on on par for sure like every single entry in the film was at least worthwhile Watching, I don't think I ever want to watch most of those Texas Chainsaw sequels again.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, the sequels, no. Part two, sure, but the rest of them, uh, uh.
3: Well, I'll I'll go up to three, you know, and I might even be able. No. Texas Chainsaw 4 was terrible so I can I can give 3 but I have nostalgia for 3 I admit that it's not good it's a mess of a fucking movie but the gore that's in it is at least fun and the soundtrack is at least fun for Texas Chainsaw yeah. 3 like this this series like I will fucking highly recommend Curse, Curse 2, Grudge, and Grudge 2 for the on Japanese films absolutely. fucking lutely of course I would yeah. I would say that you don't really need to do Black Ghosts and White Ghosts you can just skip those but if you really are a completist and you want to try and find them they're out there on YouTube uh, yeah
1: <laughs> you can but yeah I I I agree. I would skip those. Uh, That's not something that I feel makes this story go anywhere. Yeah.
3: And if you're okay with the changes that they made that we described in the beginning of the end, that's definitely worth your time. And then this one, if you really just want to complete the the franchise, then yeah, go ahead and watch it. But I mean, there's some moments on it that are really cool, but it's probably not going to be your bag, baby
1: yeah exactly yeah
3: and it, it's all right you know i don't hate that i watched it i just kind of makes me just want to go back and watch the original four again you know
1: right no kidding yeah
3: and the beginning of the end didn't do that and i think that's why i'm the feeling kind of dour about everything and I, i'm ready to stop talking about it why don't we just do some fucking news and make it a short episode this week let's do it all right so we're going to take the break here we're going to play some lazy guns brisky which has already started with a song midnight rider and when we come back we'll have some psyop news lazy guns brisky run just a little bit longer here not because i was enjoying the song but i was just because we needed to pad out the show a little bit now
1: yeah well yeah it is what it is
3: yeah (laughs) and i'm not just letting it play here in the background on the pirate radio edit while i let whatever else play on the main feed because i'm not trying to pad out the show that's not what's happening here
1: No, of course not.
3: (laughs) And I'm not delaying saying what everyone wants me to say so that we can all get on with our lives because I'm padding out the show. That's not happening at all.
1: Not even a little bit. I don't even know what padding means.
3: (laughs) See, what padding actually is is when you try to make an episode like what we're doing here just a little bit longer. So you just add in a bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter and it doesn't really add anything to the episode. And, oh, my God, people are probably going nuts. Give me
0: some (laughs) psyops!
1: Again, you get a choice. One, how an unqualified sex worker allegedly infiltrated a top Air Force lab. Or two, legendary fart battles in the Samurai era.
3: Oh, man. This is a Sophie's Choice, dude.
1: I know. <laughs> Whatever we don't do this week, we'll do next week.
3: All right. You know what? I want to hear government incompetence. I want to know how a sex worker infiltrated the government.
1: Word up. This come from our man, Robert, out in the field. Our
3: man in the field,
1: Robert...
2: He Our must main man Robert, an incredibly long
1: penis yeah i'm sure he does because he's a man so uh from the Daily beast how an unqualified sex worker allegedly infiltrated a top air Force lab a senior research scientist working on advanced propulsion technologies for the u s air Force duped a contractor into hiring a unqualified sex worker he pa- he had paid using a government charge card because he thought she was and I quote, really hot, according to the feds. I make money from my sex work. Oh, so this is a
3: stupid man using his privilege yep. to make this happen. This isn't a con uh, on oh, her Oh,
1: man, I know. Got me. Uh, anyway, the man uh, then allegedly threatened to kill the sex worker's supervisor and himself when the scheme fell apart, but not before shifting America the bulk of the project's guns. funding. Uh, not before built shifting the bulk of the project's funding elsewhere to pay her salary at a different defense firm god damn he really was so taking care of her and she Whew. That's according to a newly unsealed search warrant application obtained by the Daily Beast, which accuses Dr. James Gord, a highly decorated civilian Air Force employee, of installing the 32-year-old sex worker on a highly technical research project, even though she did not have a college degree or any expertise in the field. You can't pay a bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowie. I don't have
3: clips for this level of incompetence and hubris in a human being. Yeah, I know. This the is woman- fucking ridiculous.
1: The woman did not fully understand how to use basic word processing software and struggled to formulate coherent inner-office emails. The warrant states,
3: <laughs> "This is outraging me because I know I have worked. For, I work for people that are like this that would pull this kind of shit."
1: Yeah, I know. In 2019, Gore tapped the woman. Uh, To co-chair a scientific panel for unsuspecting photonics researchers designing turbine engines, detonation engines, scramjets, and rockets.
3: (laughs) How do you get away with this shit? Well, clearly he didn't. But like, for as long as he did, how did he get away with this shit?
1: No charges had yet been filed against Gord prior to his death last September of unspecified causes. Uh, The woman who's like, I'm assuming the. the woman whose identity the Daily Beast is withholding has not been charged with the crime either, according to court records. She did not respond to voicemails left at a number listed under her name or to an email seeking comment on Monday. That must be a said, magic
3: fucking pussy to be able to pull out. I'm this telling off.
1: you right now. It's like uh uh what do they say in Harlem Nights when uh uh Red says uh, he goes he goes, you know, pussy's gotta be good if it makes you change gods.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it has to be if it makes you defraud your fucking government.
1: Yeah, I mean, in your entire fucking life. (laughs) The warrant says Gord first came to the attention of the Air Force investigators in March 2019 after the CEO and chief research scientist of the company that provided the Air Force Research Lab in Ohio with laser, laser imaging for turbine engines reached out with a raft of highly troubling allegations. Oh, God. They have a picture of James Gordon in this article? Yeah, he seems like the type of might as well. If you're looking at him, yeah, I can see it. Uh, he's got
3: that objectifies women and turns people into mush for his own pleasure kind of face.
1: No, no, no. He has the kind of face of he'll have sex with a woman once and believes that he's totally in love with her no matter what. And then we'll just break every rule and step on everybody to make sure she doesn't leave him, including, like, rob people.
3: (laughs) Wow, I know what that face looks like. I see that in the mirror a lot. Me too.
1: Uh, (laughs) The company, that's why I said, I get it. I know. I know (laughs) that face because that face is me. Uh, Well, of course I know him.
3: He's me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The company, Spectral Energies, has received millions of dollars of government contracts and had been contracting (laughs) for the lab located on the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base near Dayton, Ohio, for the past 17 years. Special Energy CEO Sukish Roy and Gord, who oversaw the technology Roy's company supported and was responsible for doling out contracts funding, had become good friends during that period, according to the warrant. But Roy had become alarmed by Gord's behavior and contacted the Air Force of uh, special investigations say Gord was engaging in an eth- unethical government contract negotiations, had communicated threats of violence, and was regularly soliciting, soliciting prostitution while on the installation and while traveling on the official U.S. Air Force business, the warrant states. <laughs> in 2017, Gord, whose research the Air Force says has produced a myriad of fundamental technology breakthroughs in burst mode laser measurements Systems that enable scientists and engineers to better understand the performance of real-world air-breathing and rocket engines. Lost his father to suicide and experienced extreme depression as a result. The warrant warrant explains. Shortly thereafter, in October 2017, Roy shared with Gord he was looking to hire an administrative technician at a special Spectral Energies. Gord recently met a young professional while on a flight to Washington, D.C. Was very impressed with how she presented herself. That's what, you know, Gord said. Gord told Roy that he thought she would be a good fit for Spectral and gave Roy a copy of her resume. The warrant says it said she was a certified EMT and firefighter with biochemistry degree from the University of Tennessee and attended medical school at the University of Cincinnati. Of course, all lie. Gord highly encouraged Roy to hire her, speaking highly of her technical expertise. He then finished by stating she's also really hot. That's probably not great. Roy hired her the following month on Gord's recommendation. So there you go. That's how you uh that's how you get involved.
3: <laughs> I am so fucking livid at how this However, this this all oh, took so, place. Like I just I, it, you have to laugh at it. It's just yeah, so ridiculous. Right? Like the level of hubris this man had to do this.
1: Here we go. However, Roy quickly became frustrated with her lack of capability in the position. Over her first few months on the job, Roy stated, she was not timely with her expenses, did not fully understand how to use basic word processing and document creation software, and struggled to formulate coherent interoffice emails. The warrant goes on. She also failed to provide her college transcripts as requested. Roy then confronted Gord, who came clean and disclosed that she was a prostitute he met in Cincinnati. Uh, Gord allegedly told Roy they kept an Excel spreadsheet on his government-issued laptop with the names and details of various sex workers around the country he saw while on official trips for the Air Force. Dude has he a
3: spreadsheet want- of favorite sex workers. He didn't
1: want his wife or kids to know about his relationships with these women and took out cash advances against his government travel card so that the family finances were not visibly affected the Warren states.
3: Wow, this guy, oh my gosh. He had to have taken his own life just to not have to deal with the repercussions of his actions.
1: Right. Um, Yet Gord, who allegedly told Roy he paid the woman $400 an hour for her services, claimed to be in love with her and said she felt the same about him. Still, the woman engaged in acts of prostitution around Wright-Patterson with other scientists from the Air Force Research Laboratory, the warrant says. One identified in the filing only as Dr. I.K. paid the woman approximately $20,000 a year to clean his residence in the nude and then perform oral sex on him. Jesus
3: Christ. Okay, okay, hang on a second. Uh This is the plot of the Arrested Development whenever Jason Bateman hires Justine Bateman yeah (laughs) to uh try and get the company running and work its finances better and she just ends up fucking everybody you remember that
1: yeah right it's just uh (laughs) jesus christ but
3: jason bateman's character in that had no clue michael bluth had no clue that that's what he was doing right this is a guy who literally knew what he was doing and probably just got her onto the payroll and then she used that as leverage to be able to basically make more money off of all of these other guys so more power to her you know yeah
1: i mean good on her i mean I, uh, you know what? If I was her, though, I'd start using to learn how to use Microsoft Word. I'm just saying, you know, just some basic stuff. <laughs> Take a class.
3: The guy clearly has some kind of a sex addiction or some kind of an issue if he has a spreadsheet of known sex workers that he favors and how to Sounds contact Sounds
1: like him. his father's death, I think, triggered something on him.
3: That's a possibility. But Jesus, man, the just the level of fuck-offery that is going on here.
1: Yeah, right? Holy
3: fuck. <laughs> this is insane. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't quite hit an hour and a half, but whatever. We'll just fucking do it. It's fine. I'll, I'll try and pad yeah. out the episode some other way. I'm going to play the Ending Legion show promo here and then we're going to come back
4: and close out the show with Cynthia. Kiss, kiss, kiss. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello The this is The Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s.
3: run a little bit longer there. Not because I'm trying to pad out the show, but because I was enjoying that upbeat, happy song after all of the horrid shit that we were talking about in the movie that was happening that it's supposed to because it's a horror movie, and then all the horrid shit that was happening in reality in our PSYOP News.
1: What do you, uh, What do you mean by padding out the show? I've never heard of such a (laughs) phrase. What do you mean by padding?
3: As much as I love doing that bit, I don't think we should probably do it again. I think the audience has probably had enough of that horse shit.
1: Oh, right. Fine. (laughs) Whatever the audience wants, I
3: guess. (laughs) Well, what the audience definitely wants is for us just to close out this fucking show so that they can get on with their fucking lives, right?
1: Yeah, I have to go back to work after this. Let's go.
3: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You poor bastard. Well, if you'd like (laughs) to find all the previous instances where Matt had to get a second job to make ends meet in the nightmare hellscape that is the capitalist society of america you can find those 362 previous instances where we may or may not have discussed that legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast yay (laughs) Impression. <laughs> if you'd like to find a place that you could actually hang out and chill with some folks that are like-minded and are also into the shows of Legion Podcast, I highly recommend the Legion Podcast Discord chat. Not a huge amount of folks there right now, but what is there is a lot of fun, and it's just folks talking movies, the stuff that they're watching, what's going on with their lives and general, stuff like that. And so far, we have no trolls, and it's actually been pretty great. And as far as social media goes, this Legion Discord chat is the way that I'm going lately. I've been kind of hanging out there more than anywhere. Uh, nice. If you'd like to find out the invite link is going to be in the show notes from here on out so just check out the show notes wherever you're listening to it at there's going to be a link there and that'll get you into the legion discord chat you may have to create a discord account but it's real easy to fucking do and they have an app on the phone that makes it real fun to use
1: yeah it's not that hard
3: (laughs) yeah well there's some luddites out there that don't do that kind of stuff so you know it might be kind of hard for them
1: Nah, they'll be fine. They'll
3: be fine. <laughs> if you'd like to find some other places to connect with the show, the easiest place to find us is Instagram Cinema underscore Psyops because that's our meme repository. You don't even have to deal with me because I don't really respond much there. I just post the memes and move on. And yeah, you don't have to deal with anybody else. You just go there for the memes. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Instagram, cinema underscore psyops. That's all. Yeah, all,
1: all. All the memes. Just great memes.
3: There's also our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where I will then post the memes there. And then there's the main page of Cinema Psyops that the memes get posted to and then shared all over Facebook by my main profile of Court Psyops.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all the main psyops all the main psyops <laughs> over there matt just wants
3: to get this over with and be done so listen you can just female me S- feedback cinema court at gmail.com which somebody out there has been signing me up for all sorts of stuff that i've been complaining about and making fun of so somebody's trolling me using my cinema psyops court at gmail.com email <laughs> someone tried to sign up to reddit using my email like as a fucking joke i swear to god <laughs> that happened. really yeah i had Jesus to I had to click on it where i'm like no i did not make this happen i did not do that yeah i just like no not authorized so yeah whatever that's fucking crazy so while you're out there trying to use my email to make a reddit account you fucking asshole <laughs> kick the fuck out of this
0: weekend make it your so
3: Why don't we uh, start recording on your side, and we'll get this rolling. All right. And I'm watching my counter tick up, and I'm going to walk away from it. (laughs) There we go. We're good. All All right. right. Jesus fucking Christ. This is the next to the last one, man. Yeah. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. And I got a theme song to finish, man. (laughs) No pressure on me. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) All right. Uh, Fuck it. Let's just go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the 330? 53rd, fifty third, sixty third, seventy third. I don't know the fucking number of the show. <laughs> Give me a second. Stop doing math. <laughs> fucking nerd. Freakiest part of the movie so far.
1: So far. But just yeah, it's just the like hottest the hottest summer, summer on your so, so far. far. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
3: You have to laugh at the fact that the world is collapsing around us and there's nothing we can do about it.
1: Well, can we hurry the fuck up because I'm working two jobs then for no reason. <laughs>
3: Wow, that's hilarious and terrifying all at once at its accuracy. Right? They have that here, too, depending upon the karaoke bar. There's actually a karaoke bar in Omaha that's like that.
1: Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah,
3: I fucking Ah. detest karaoke, but I've been to that karaoke bar because somebody's birthday was happening and they wanted to celebrate. I sat out at the bar drinking soda while everybody else was back in their private room singing karaoke. I
1: I would be like, I'm not going to that birthday party. I'm surprised you even went. Those people must have been important to you.
3: Uh, They were important to my wife. She demanded a designated driver. I said, I'll sit out here. You go have fun.
1: Yeah. There you go. That's your best bet.
3: I love my wife enough to make sure that she can go have fun and be safe at a place that I absolutely detest. <laughs> You're a good person. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? How dare you defame that- my bad
1: name? <laughs> I-, I can't believe that wasn't in your own wedding vows. I will go to a place I detest for you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it might as well have been.
1: Right? So anyway, um, uh, then after everything got done, uh, so... Uh, uh, God fucking Jesus Christ. Think, Matt. So, anyway.
3: there trying to use my email to make a reddit account you fucking asshole (laughs) get the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch
1: (laughs) now i'm gonna go set up an entire third floor with monitors and shit so i'm done